Welcome to All Women Podcast. My name is Elena Narcisse Dandridge, and I'm so happy that you decided to tune into today's episode. Today, I am joined by three of my former White House colleagues, Scarlett Ho, Natasha Jordan, and Honor Williams. They're here to help me share our experience of being White House interns during the Obama administration in 2016. I don't know about them, but it's just such a surreal moment four years later preparing for another election. And so I thought this would be a great episode in order to encourage people to go out and vote, but as well, just share our story of how we got to the White House. So I just want to first start off with having them introduce themselves by sharing their name, hometown, and what office they intern in. Hi, uh, my name is Scarlett. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. I'm so happy to be on this podcast today. So I intern in the office between the National Economic Council and National Security Council in the Obama White House in spring 2016. Hi, everyone. I'm Natasia. I'm actually talking to you from Oakland, California, my home. Um, I was in the Office of Presidential Correspondence, which was an amazing experience. Hello, my name is Honor Williams. I'm the lucky one because I'm actually from Washington, D.C., and I intern in the office of the First Lady and her correspondence team. Each of them will now like to share a special message about this upcoming election on this Tuesday. Your vote is your power and don't let anyone take your power away from you. And I know we're hearing so much about Biden versus Trump, but this election is more than just about your presidency. These are also about your local leaders as well that will have more of an impact on you and your local community as well as your national politicians. So please take your time, be an informed voter. Please see who's running in your town and your county and make an educated vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for, but just please use your power to make a difference. It's important that everybody gets out and votes. We have a responsibility to vote. It's a right. It's a privilege to express who we are, what we believe in, what we think will best benefit our communities and those around us that we can support and uplift one another. In that same vein, it's our responsibility to be civically engaged after the election. If who you want to be elected is not elected, that is not the end of the line. If there's a policy that you want to see on the books that's not on the books, that is not just something your representatives can do locally or your representatives can do federally. You have the power to draft a bill. There's so many opportunities for us to be involved as citizens, and we have to step up and engage with those too. So definitely go to the polls and vote. But once voting is over, no matter what the results are, do not be discouraged. Take that as an opportunity to like pick up the mantle and do the work and make the change that you want to see and hold those who are in elected positions accountable for what it is that your community needs, what it is that you need, and how we can make America a better place for everyone who lives in it. Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, I think there's a power in small numbers, and each of us has a voice, and currently our democracy and our nation is at stake. And so there's power in voting, and every single person's voice counts and makes a difference. I totally agree that it's a privilege and it's a right and and this nation has been fighting for it for so long and we should definitely take, you know, make good use of this opportunity and just look around in other countries where, you know, it's definitely not a right in other countries, you know, around the globe. So definitely we need to recognize this privilege of ours and at least make ourselves heard. And thank you so much for everyone who has voted and have your voice heard. And if you haven't, I think everyone should vote before we have a couple of days. 
Thank you. Thank you. I just want to simply chime in and say I couldn't agree more with going out and voting. Everyone, let your voice be heard. And after election, your voice doesn't stop then. Continue throughout the year and in years to come. Since we have our voting public service announcement out of the way, we're now ready to move on to the actual episode. What made you want to apply for the White House internship program? Was there some type of interest that you've always had or did you just love Obama? What was it for you? Um, So for me, I've always had an interest in law. I interned at D.C. City Council when I was in college. And then so whenever you say you want to be a lawyer in D.C., they assume you want to do government. So this was the next step for me. I actually didn't want to apply, to be honest, because I never thought I would get it. But my mom really pushed me. Like, she nagged me breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for, like, three months to apply. So I finally accepted it, and I don't regret it at all. Thank you, Honor. Scarlett, can you tell us about your experience getting to the White House? Sure. So I was an international affairs and political science major in college. I've always been fascinated by the intersection between foreign policy and law. And for some time, I considered going to into the foreign service at state. And President Obama is the first president I voted for. And I really admired how genuine and pathetic he is as an individual and the leadership qualities that he has. And I thought to myself, what better way to get involved and see how government works and applying to work at a White House. Um, and I didn't really think that I would get in as, you know, it was a very competitive program with students applying from across the country. And I was actually waitlisted for an associate position at a correspondence office the previous year. So I know how hard it was to get in. And interestingly, uh, my first choice in office election was actually the office of Vice President Joe Biden um, doing foreign policy work. And in one of the interviews with another office, a staffer told me that I was actually supposed to submit the memo to the office you wanted to work for. And I submitted a memo that I actually drafted for Elizabeth Warren when I was interning on the Hill in 2014. Um, which was a piece of foreign policy legislation. And it was so embarrassing when the staffer pointed out to me um, on the interview. (laughs) And, um, but I I think it just kind of spoke to, um, you never know, you know, what you're going to get into and, you know, life in DC, it's always unpredictable, but that's kind of how I got into the White House trial and error. I, it was the second time I applied for the job and it wasn't an office that I, uh, initially even thought of or even my top five choice, but it was such an amazing experience. Um, but, uh, and I, and I absolutely enjoyed every minute of it. Wow. That's such a great story. I had no idea that you had applied twice. So that is definitely a lesson for the listeners that sometimes when you really want something, it's worth applying to for a second time. And I just realized I didn't tell the audience what office I interned for. I actually interned for the office of scheduling in advance and I was a travel intern. So I worked directly with the White House press corps uh, members. So these are members from national news organizations that traveled on presidential trips with the president. And I helped a with travel logistics. I also ran the website for the White House Press Corps, assisting press with all of their needs in order to travel on trips. What really inspired me to apply for the internship was my love for Obama and the Obama family. I remember applying originally for the First Lady's office. And when I didn't get that office and I got my role as a travel intern, I was like, this suits me even better because I was a journalism major and it gave me a lot of exposure to top news medias that I 
never had heard of. Like I was very unfamiliar with companies all over the world. Like I even work with um, the British news medias. And so it gave me a lot of exposure to different media professionals. So I'm really grateful for the opportunity and experience that I gained through my office of scheduling advance. And next, we're going to hear from Natasha on her reason why. I applied, one, I always joke that I was a political baby. Um, I was that odd kid that would identify who the president was, wherever I was, like starting at the age of three, um, and be ecstatic because about whatever it was I thought they were doing. I just have loved politics. Um, so it's been a conversation in my home, in my family for forever. Um, actually, when President Obama was elected the first time, I was disappointed I was not allowed to vote that year, but you know, age requirements. So when it, the opportunity came around to apply, I was like, yes, I'm going to apply. I'm going to apply to work for a president who I think represents me, who engages with the things that I'm interested in, who, you know, actually understands what it's like to be black in America. That was important for me. And the entire White House was reflective of what it means to have that sense of community that we pride ourselves on, especially, you know, in my culture. It's like, you know, you want to be friends with the people who are your next door neighbors. You want to uplift and support one another. You want to be able to assist someone in need. That is everything that I saw coming out of that White House. Um, and that's everything I wanted to be a part of. You actually had to travel all the way from California to DC. And I want to know what was that preparation like for the internship? So when it came time for this trip, um, literally, I was not the person who had prepared for it in advance. Like I said, I got the call. Um, and I literally just broke down crying and was like, okay, I'm gonna get there. As long as they tell me I get in. So um, literally, just like all things in life, my experience has been, you know, hope and a prayer and God will provide if the opportunity presents itself. My church family, my friends, um, my relatives all chipped in and made it possible for me to get to DC. They were like, you wanna go, you have this opportunity, you're gonna be in this space, you're going to represent us, we know this is your passion, go do it. Um, and without them, it would not have been possible for me to get there, it wouldn't be possible for me to stay there and be a part of the internship because it's not. it wasn't paid for. Um, that's something that's changed with policy recently, like with the House of Representatives. Now interns are paid. I remember my story. I literally was in the hospital with my mom just days before she passed away, trying to figure out how I was going to pay for the internship. And luckily, my university, uh, the University of Mississippi, had this program, the WISH program. It was this experience that our university offered in which they would pay for housing through your scholarships, as well as help you get an internship. But since I already had my internship at, um, at the White House, I didn't need that portion. I just needed housing. And so luckily, I was able to use my scholarship that I already got for on campus living or in order to get apartment, I used that fund. Also, my family did pitch in there were a number of things that I needed. And so my family was constantly sending me money, I was taking Ubers and eating out and doing all types of different social events. So I needed money, I didn't have a job during that time either. Mm -hmm. I was just strictly doing online classes and interning at the White House. Honor, I, I want to get to you because you lived in DC. And for my knowledge, uh, being your friend, I know that you lived at home with your mom. So can you kind of talk about your preparation for the internship? 
Um, luckily, I was living at home. I had a full-time job so, um, prior to the internship. I had actually just gotten that job a couple months before getting accepted. So I remember doing the interview. Um, I didn't think I was going to get it. Remember, my mom made me do it. I was like, let me just get my denial letter so I can just tell her that you made me waste my time applying. Um, but I actually got accepted a week saying, hey, you've been recommended for a department review, didn't hear anything from mom. So then I got a note around, it was like the end of October, like, hey, are you available for an interview today? And I was like, I'm at work. I'm like, okay, oh my gosh, I have to get off work. I can't do this interview here. So I told my boss, I was like, hey, I have a family emergency, I have to go. <laughs> um, so I ran to like a local Starbucks and my interview was like nine minutes long. And I thought it went really well. Um, so after that, I got an acceptance letter a couple weeks later and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to quit this job. And the hardest, because we weren't allowed to work during the internship at all. So I was like, that was the hardest thing telling my boss, I have to resign from this job because you know, the Obama's me. <laughs> I put in that two weeks notice and um, it was hard like telling your boss I'm quitting this job because <laughs> I had just gotten it. But luckily, I was staying at home. So I did have my mom for existence. But it was still really hard because, like you said, we weren't getting paid. So my mom had to pay for my lunches every day. We did get a transportation stipend. That was good. But in terms of the upkeep, like you are working at the White House. So just as a woman, upkeep, hair done, nails done, clothes mm -hmm. dry clean. Those are, especially in Washington, D.C., those are expenses people don't really think about as well. And like you said, we were eating out because everyone you wants to enjoy, everyone has a social life. So that was really hard on my mom, um, just paying for me for months to keep this presidential standard of your appearance, especially in the office of the first lady. Um, that was upkeep. But as soon as the internship ended, I did get a part-time job um, just because I couldn't go any longer without working. But it was nice to stay at home. And I was truly blessed to have my mom here to fall back on. I love that, honor. I think you summarize that very well because I will say the struggle was real, but we definitely, I think all four of us were slaying it with the outfits, the <laughs> hair, the makeup. Like, we brought it. <laughs> I was like, ooh, we were yeah. real fashionable. Like, and I will give a shout out to Yasmin. I think Yasmin, I, I will vote her for best dress during our internship because sister was slaying it. But at the, there was a yeah. lot of upkeep and, and there was a lot that, you know, we didn't know going into it, but I'm so glad that you know we've persevered through it yeah so it was definitely um a really long process for me like i said before i actually submitted a wrong memo and i got interviews with so many offices i didn't even get my acceptance until mid-december um and the internship i think it started on like the 4th of january or something and i was on vacation at that time in a different country and it was just so much to prepare for and I think you guys talked a lot about, you know, you know, the money, financial issue. And, and for me, it was in such short notice. And I think with a lot of White House or prestigious internships, you know, because of the, the high demand, they just expected you to, you know, drop everything and be there and report and, and be able to work and everything figured out in such short notice. It wasn't easy for me. Um, just figure out the housing situation and you know what am I going to do with the school credits and everything uh, in such short 
notice and during Christmas time. And so, and, and that included logistics, you know, how was I going to get into DC and who was I going to live with? So all that was, you know, very frustrating and stressful for me. Um, but going to DC in itself wasn't that new to me because I spent eight weeks interning for Elizabeth Warren on Capitol Hill back in 2014. But, um, being there for eight weeks versus spending an entire semester, four months, and you know, sort of taking time off school definitely was very different experience. But the city itself, I've always known that I wanted to go back to DC and explore more. And when you were at such a young age, you, you know, you just sort of, you know, take one day at a time and not really knowing what to expect. And that was sort of my mentality. Uh, and I wish that I had a lot more support or advice from people who have done this before and, and kind of mentoring me along the way than sort of figuring out myself. Thank you, Scarlett. I certainly can remember my time. It, it really was kind of like a on the flyer learning as you go um, experience, just even with working there. Like uh, I had never stayed late at a job, like even to eight o'clock trying to finish up reports or having to go in early. There was a lot we learned that a lot of us were new professionals. I, I know that you had experience working on the Hill. And I think, Honor, uh, I'm not sure you had um, professional jobs before, but as for me, this was like my first first professional, real, real professional in politics job, but I never had worked somewhere where I felt so much pressure or just like, this is such a serious job. And so I want to go into our next question, which was, what was it like interning um, for the Obama administration? And and do you have any favorite moments that you would like to share? Scarlett, feel free to uh, go. Sure. So it was definitely a once in a lifetime experience that I, I would say changed my life and just the pace how professional and incredibly smart and ambitious people were, were on a completely different level. And being only there for four months, and eventually I interned for another four months in the fall for the Office of uh, Management and Budget Legislative Affairs. Um, but that was just scratching the surface, especially when you were at a young age. And as an intern, there were a lot of limitations on what you can do and cannot do. But I felt I learned so much from each and every one of you and following each other's career paths and from coffees with the staffers there, you know, definitely opened my perspective and horizon and also was so encouraging to hear, you know, people always think about, oh, everyone must have graduated from Ivy League schools and have an amazing career, but people's experiences, and I think that was very reflective of the Obama White House, is they really brought in people from across the country and you learn about and you hear about their experiences and it was so inspiring. And that made me even more inspired to pursue things that I, I think I, I wouldn't normally be able to get. So I think not just the policies that I learned from the experience and how government works, but also in professional development and, you know, how do you present yourself? You know, these are the subtle things that, you know, it's only from experience that you learn. Uh, and I just felt so grateful to be part of that experience. And I think even up till now when I am applying for jobs, I still talked about that experience and people will be so interested to know what it was like to work for Obama White House. Uh, so it definitely opened a lot of doors for me as well, and not just in terms of experience, but also in, in future career. 
I can relate to that because I feel like every job I've ever had was because I have the White House on yeah. my resume. It definitely opens up a lot of doors and has a lot of clout mm-hmm. to his name, just Obama in general. And so um, that's good. Did you have any like favorite moments? I know we had like a lot of great speakers. We went on different, um, had different activities. And so there was a lot of things that we got exposure to within the internship was there a favorite moment that yeah, you Yeah, absolutely. Meeting, you know, the people that we worked for was definitely my best moment. And, you know, the, meeting with the Obamas, uh, the First Lady and President Obama and, and Vice President Joe Biden were definitely such a starstruck, you know, awesome moment for me. Uh, we all often just see them on TV and it was so seldom to see them in real life, but they're just so relatable and and so inspiring. And I still remember the president said, you know, we're in the luckiest, you know, time in our lives when we're giving these opportunities in, to make a difference. And I really felt from my experience working day to day, you know, the, the behind the grind, like we're actually making a difference. And that was such, uh, such a good, you know, inspiring moment for me to know, you know, my hard work actually paid off. And and specifically for me, it was working on, you know, G7, G20 summit and on the minimum wage legislation. So following the federal and state legislation and kind of how the administration was going to, you know, uh, work on that aspect, push this um, legislation forward, uh, that, that initiative. So that was definitely uh, meaningful for me. Um, so it's not just all the glam, you know, going to parties, but it's also you know, getting in touch with, you know, you know, grassroots and legislation that affects everyday Americans. So I think it was a very humbling experience for me. But the highlight was definitely meeting, you know, the president, vice president and the first lady. Thank you so much. Natasia, can you tell about your experience of interning and maybe your favorite moment that you had? Sure. So I guess the best way to describe it is, If someone called me tomorrow and told me I could do it again, I would, Um, without a second thought. It was an amazing experience, but I think for me, what made it so amazing was we all have expectations for how we think government functions, for how we think businesses function. Um, And when you walked into the Obama White House, yes, you had a job to do every day, but it was a family. Um, You all were there to support one another, but you were also there to support the country and to engage with the country and assist in whatever way you possibly could. And that was the continuous vibe. It never really changed um, the entire time that I was there. And I love that. I worked in presidential correspondence and I got to work in kids um, or with kids. So that would be a category of correspondence from children as well as in general correspondence. Um, And we received letters about everything, Um, but every letter mattered. A lot of people think, you know, you write in, there's a chance that your letter may be read. Every letter that came into President Obama's administration was read. And then not only was it read, someone was tasked to figure out how they could assist you. They were going to sit down and figure out whatever it was they could do and however they could do it that was within our purview. And on top of that, President Obama sat down and read letters every night. He's the only president who's ever sat down and committed to reading letters from the American people every single night that he was in office. 
and that's as far as I'm concerned the mark of a real leader because he was concerned about what people were saying what people needed what their experiences were and that was empowering for me and exciting for me because it reminded me everyone's voice matters we all hear that we all say that but it's very different to see that um, and it's a rare occurrence to see that in a political space and i think our current climate addresses that a lot um where no matter what you wrote in about no matter what your concern was someone wanted to help your voice mattered um it needed to be heard and you know, sometimes those are really, really serious letters. Other times, they're letters where someone's writing it and they're like, you know, I just appreciate the fact that you care. Um, I remember getting a letter at one point from a little girl who just wanted President Obama to know that she liked ice cream <laughs> and thought that his family was so amazing. So she should take him, he, sorry, so he should take his entire family to McDonald's for ice cream. Um, and it doesn't get sweeter than that, right? Where she's writing in and she's just like, I want to share this moment with you. This is what's special to me is ice cream. Um, you should be able to have ice cream. Please take your family to get ice cream from my favorite location. Um, but those things matter. And he read those letters too. Um, there's a lot of ums. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will. <laughs> but for me, like, that was... That made the experience, right? It created the space where it was like I was somewhere where my job mattered, somewhere where my voice mattered, somewhere where everyone's voice mattered. And we don't get that feeling a lot in many places. And we don't understand necessarily how that's going to impact us and our thought process. I think for me, on top of that, a big experience kind of piggybacking off of what Honor said earlier was how I arrived to the White House, if that makes sense. So yes, I showed up this, you know, little black girl from Oakland. And I always say it that way because I think that that's how a lot of people perceive us. You know, the thought process is, oh, there's that little black girl. Um, but I walked into the White House and literally had painstakingly been concerned about how I was going to wear my hair. Was I going to press my hair the entire time I was in D.C. so that would be respectable? Was I going to do what? Um, and I finally decided three days before that I was going to get twist and wear twist. And if I could explain, like, the kind of tension that I personally felt trying to make that decision, the tension that my family felt, they were like, you mean you're going to wear braids? You're going to wear twist into the White House? How will people respond to that? How will people engage with that? Um, and I put my twist in my head walked into the White House with my Senegalese twist and was like, yes, I'm here. Um, but it didn't matter. And I think that that's a big thing. And it was a big thing for me because in that White House, I could be unapologetically who I was and engage with the world as I was. And there wasn't a desire to change me or reshape me. It was a matter of like, okay, this is how we do the job. This is how we get the work done. Um, step into this space and do that. And that's not something that we get to experience a lot in this country, whether it's because of your race, whether it's because of your gender, whether it's because of your socioeconomic status. Really, it's a community um, that makes it possible for you to just be you and exist somewhere. And that's what the entire administration was and what my entire internship was. So I will forever be grateful for that.
and I'm going to stop now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, go, go ahead, girl. That's good. <laughs> I love every bit of that, Natasha, because I, I can relate to that. My office of scheduling advancing your office of White House correspondents worked together closely because every time the president traveled, it was for a reason and purpose. And a lot of those trips that he traveled on was because of the correspondence he received, like letters from people who needed help. And he would actually go and visit those people based off the letters. Also, you're talking about... Um, Figuring out how you were going to present yourself in the White House was very important. I actually didn't struggle with that. I wore my natural hair. Uh, I wore afro one time to the White House. I wore my hair straight. I even recall uh, in interviewing for the internship. And I was trying to be all prime and proper. And uh, one of the questions was, you know, how would someone describe me, someone close to me describe me? And before I knew it, I answered that I'm about my business. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I told this man about my but business. But that's true, Alana. You are. <laughs> Facts. But, I, you know, I felt like you, I, we probably put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be something uh, more than what we were or weren't. And when we got there, we're like, everyone's authentically being themselves. Like, I don't have to put on a show or try to act like I'm this and that. Like, I'm just going to be myself. And I was definitely myself. I got the nickname Southern Belle while I was at the internship because everyone knew I was from the Mid-South area, Mississippi. And so anyone that knew me was like, oh, she acts such just like a Southern Belle because I was constantly saying child, woo child, or, you know, little slangs that were very known in the south but uh I, I couldn't agree more with your with your statement and honor uh can you tell about your experience of interning at the white house and what was your favorite moment okay um just to go off of what natasia said i think getting that white house internship solidified the fact that i am somebody like the fact that the obamas saw something in me to choose me to go and work in the white house for the first ever african-american presidency really solidified the fact that I'm good enough for any situation. You know, no one else can ever tell me that I'm not qualified enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough class. Saying that I worked at the White House really was that eye-opening experience for me. So just to echo that, being my authentic self, that I am somebody that I am good enough is basically what I felt, especially coming from a single mom here in Washington, D.C., being raised in an urban environment, you know, that has a negative connotation. But the Obama administration saw something encouraging and inspiring in that to have me come work at the administration. So I will always be forever grateful for that. But my favorite moment. So y'all, y'all got it ready. I had my celebrity oh moment. People don't, don't tell me it was Beyonce. Oh, yeah. It was not Beyonce, girl. But one thing about being office of the first lady, there were so many celebrities coming in. No one really wants to talk about that, but like every day, huge celebrities were coming into the White House. So I learned how not to be starstruck because it's like these celebrities come in here, you have secret service here. <laughs> if you act crazy, you they're gonna escort you out. So that was literally the internship that broke me being starstruck. <laughs> um, but I stayed extra, extra time after the internship ended to help out. And because I stayed extra, I got to assist with the Nordic State Dinner. So I got to put on an evening gown and walk into the White House and go to a huge state dinner. And that was probably my favorite moment. I ran out to Macy's the night before. I was like, what evening gowns do you have left? And so my cashier joked, she was like, oh, you're not wearing this evening gown to the White House, are you? I was like, 
I actually am. Like, this is the evening gown that I'm stepping into the White House in. And so the White House interns, we got to serve as basically runners, if you want to call it, um, during that time. So prior to dinner, every guest that was invited got to take pictures with the first couple. And so it was the intern's job to go grab all their belongings from the guests, put it in like a table outside of the state dining room so that when they got to the first couple, they would go very quickly because these are 200 something guests. All of them have to take pictures. Everyone wants their time. Um, everyone knew I loved your dinner at the White House. So <laughs> I found out an hour before the event started Aww. that Janelle Monet was coming. My boss had the guest list. And so she said, Janelle Monet is coming. I was like, okay. <laughs> so who's her plus one? She said, the dinner is screaming. Like, you're not kidding. Wait a minute, girl. You started screaming. <laughs> yes, because everyone knew day one of my internship, I was like, Michelle Obama loves Jadena. You know, she loves that he went to Stanford or whatever. So I know that they're really close. So hopefully I get to meet him. So I found out that that was the plus one. Girl, I started screaming in the office. <laughs> so that night, so I go into the state dinner. I'm standing back. I have my little, my cute dress on. And he walking mm-hmm. in. I'm like trying to be the screen, not stand in the line and stare, but I was over listening. He was talking to Common. You know, I'm standing in the back, like, just listening to this. So I'm just like, look at this Black excellence here. Just They're discussing, like, political issues in line. I was like, okay. And so one of the other interns knew I was obsessed with Jadena. So at the end of the night, once him and Janelle Monet had gone and taken their picture, she was like, okay, here's Janelle Monet's purse. You go give her her purse back and so you can get close to Jadena, right? <laughs> you had so- a strategy, girl. <laughs> you had a whole plan. They so were looking I, out for you. That's what that was. They, they were. They knew I was obsessed. Like, girl, this man is fine. Okay. So they give me the purse. So I go to her and I'm like, mind <laughs> you, she had taken her shoes off and was walking barefoot in the White House because her feet were hurting. So I was going up to her. I was like, hey, here's your purse. She's like, thanks, girl. And then I'm looking over that shoulder, not paying her any attention, making sure I give me a good look at Jadena that's sitting next to her. <laughs> Did you take a selfie? <laughs> Oh, no, we didn't it. have our phones because they were like, these are events. We couldn't do it. And I was like, he looked at me. I looked at him. I had my moments. <laughs> I will be sure to tag him so he can hear this episode. <laughs> that was my moment. The rest of the night was surreal. Even though we weren't, since we were interns, we couldn't sit at the actual dining room table. The White House mess had their own staff dinner. So after helping, assisting with bringing purses, we got to go get a staff dinner. So it was filet mignon, these potato crisps, key lime pie. Um, So we went and picked it up from the Navy mess. We walked back to the East Wing and we sat there eating our White House dinners and our whole White House carryout plates, mind you, which has the White House seal on it. I still have the plates at home. The carryout place, the official White House. I just sitting in the East Wing eating filet mignon, laughing with my other interns. There was some leftover champagne in there. So we have our little cups drinking champagne and just in, enjoying this moment. Like, where else would we ever be sitting in the East Wing eating filet mignon with champagne in our cups? And outside is a bunch of celebrities and the Obamas. So it was just a surreal moment for me in that whole internship. Like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> we're living the life. Like, this whole process, it was just a surreal moment that day. And you know, I met my future husband so it was a really good night oh, for me goodness. I, I, I cannot with you Honor, you never told me that I've story. never heard about it either 
Really? Oh, girl. <laughs> this, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, what a moment. That's actually, I think that event is where we got the holiday cards photo for the Obamas, where with Sasha, Malia, um, President Obama, and mm-hmm. uh, First Lady, they all were oh. on, on the picture. I think that's from that event. Um, my dad has a hanging yeah. in our oh. living rooms, too. But I want to know, how has life been post-Obama White House? Like, how did the internship impact your life? Did you get new opportunities? I was a Mittler, a third year uh, when I was interning. So that because I did a five-year program, and my school was really big on you know co-ops and taking time off and interning uh doing like a full-time internship and sometimes we give you scholarships sometimes not for that um and so I still had some time uh in college at that time and I actually took one semester off uh in the fall of 2016 that was supposed to be my senior year to be at the office of management and budget legislative affairs because I knew it was the end of the Obama administration and there will be a lot of new opportunities coming up. And I didn't want to be in Boston at that time, you know, while this transition happened. Um, and so, and I found this opportunity and it wasn't really administered by the White House internship office. It was just completely outside, but I still got to intern there and extended my internship, which was really cool. Um, so yeah, I think both experiences really opened a lot of doors for me. Uh, I think the, the future jobs that we get, it's usually a combination of different things. And, you know, you never know that's just because of one thing, you know, just because the intern, you know, but I think it definitely gave me a lot of substantive things to talk about. Um, just learning about how the whole ecosystem worked from, you know, the top level down um, really gave me a lot of, you know, credibility when I applied for jobs and being you know, being able to work in a fast-paced environment for the reasons that I've said before, you know, you would expect to be on call and a lot of times had a really quick turnaround in memos and research and in whatever that you do. Um, I think that was the, you know, a, testimo- a testimony of how well you can handle doing a job under pressure. Um, and so in terms of what I did, I interned at a U.S. attorney's office in a district of Massachusetts that summer immediately after my White House internship, um, and I did the OMB internship my senior year, and then I got a job on the Hill as a staff assistant um, on the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. So that was still related to what I did, and I felt like I wouldn't, and, and plus the job that I got, I, I didn't have any experience with senator, and I knew a lot of people who actually was from that state um, actually applied for the job, but I, I got the job you know, with no experience with Missouri and, and uh, it's just from, from like the Midwest. But I think it was because of the strength of my resume that really, you know, got me, you know, and, and let them pick me over, you know, so many candidates who applied. Um, so I think it definitely opened a lot of doors for me, I would say, um, even though it's, I, I think it's just a speculation. Um, the people are very intrigued by the, you know, the kind of things that I did at the White House. And uh, for, for my previous job, I was at a think tank because I wanted to like switch things up and work at a nonprofit and also doing foreign policy. And it's usually very hard to be in foreign policy without going to graduate school or having a master's and because uh, it's such a, a niche and such an expertise. Um, but I work at Brookings Institutions of Foreign Policy think tank for a little bit. And I want to pursue a career in law in the future 
and potentially going back to the federal government at some point and doing like intersection, like I mentioned before. Uh, and so I decided to pivot towards the private sector and I'm starting my job actually um, for a company based off of Menlo Park in California doing like anti-money laundering, which has a foreign policy international bent to it and also some legal aspects as well in about two weeks. So I'm really excited, uh, but I, I would definitely say being at the White House opened a lot of doors for me. Congratulations to you. That's amazing. Congratulations. I know that you would do very well in this role and I'm wishing you the best on it. Moving on to uh, honor. Um, So I actually went to law school right after the Obama administration. And so a lot of you all probably remember that I was deciding what my next step was when I was there. I knew I always wanted to go to law school, but I wasn't prepared to follow to go immediately after the internship ended. So it was crazy. I think it was in March of the internship. I got this random email from Howard Law that says, hey, we saw you saw your application. Um, it's past the deadline, but we want to waive the application deadline for you. And I'm in the office contemplating, like, I don't want to go to Howard Law. I don't want to stay here. I don't want to stay in D.C. You know, I'm going to just keep applying for jobs. You know, I'm a Michelle <laughs> Obama's intern. I'm definitely going to get a job. Uh, yeah, no. Um, I definitely, <laughs> I didn't get any interviews, nothing, for, like, another two months. So then in May, I got another email from Howard Law that said, hey, the application is passed. We saw you still haven't applied. We want to extend the deadline again for you. And will waive the application fee for you. I was like, I have nothing else going for me. So I was like, fine, let me just submit this application. So I submitted it. I got accepted in June. And the rest is kind of history. Um, I didn't get any other interviews, any other job offers as a result Well, of the, in, of the administration. I did get an opportunity to go be an organizer um, after it. But just it fell through going to Jacksonville, Florida to be an organizer. Um, for the election that fall, um, just couldn't find housing in time for me to go. So I was like, fine, law school has to be the next step for me. And I don't regret it. I went to Howard Law. Um, I loved it. I focused on entertainment law. I got an internship for the Grammys. And literally my <laughs> whole interview was about the White House. She All she wanted to talk about was like, okay, so you and Michelle Obama's intern. What was that like? That was definitely that interview. I interned the following summer at Viacom. Whole interview, 30 minutes, was talking about the White House. So definitely having that Obama administration internship on your resume has definitely opened doors for me. And now I work for Events DC, which is a quasi-government agency in DC. So we're Washington's Convention and Sports Authority. So anything, any huge convention or any huge sports goes through us. And I'm happy to still be in D.C. and still working in a quasi-government agency. And I would like to mention that Miss Honor is a licensed attorney Ooh. in D.C. I, I just am so proud of you. Uh, you were, can you tell yes. me how old you were when you finished up law school? I was, oh my gosh, I was 23. Yeah. Yes. And you also, did you, gra- you graduated high school early and graduated undergrad early also? Yeah, so I, my actual my intern, my interview for the White House was all oh about me graduating God. college at 19. That was literally my, <laughs> my whole interview. was like, so you graduated college at 19. Uh, yeah, it was that. I completely forget about that because I rarely mention it now. But yeah, I started college when I was 15, graduated at 19, uh-huh. started law school at 20. That's amazing. 15. Yeah. 
Thanks. Um, and just to add, so I did interview for, I did intern with Cory Booker in law school. And literally I was like, hey, that's Michelle Obama's intern. And they was like, cool. So here's your internship <laughs> with Cory Booker. Um, you're going to be doing press. <laughs> I bumped so, into you. I remember, <laughs> like at the Dirksen building when we we're going through security. I saw you. <laughs> yes, we did. All because of that. I literally saw Corbett is like his team was like, "Hey, as Obama, as Michelle Obama, <laughs> cool." So you're doing press for us, uh, Natasha. You want to share what you're up to? Definitely. After I found out I got the house, I immediately was like, "Who do you contact?" about what to do when you get there. Um, so me, trying to be prepared ahead of time, I sent a letter to Congresswoman Barbara Lee. And, you know, people get lots of letters. Um, definitely something that happens once you're in presidential correspondence. You understand that. But she was so kind because she actually sent a staffer to come and meet with me at my university. So we sat down and talked. And I was like, so what should I be expecting walking into this internship? What should I be doing? Um, and literally, I poured my heart out in this letter because I was like, you're in politics, you're in government, you understand what it's like to be from Oakland, um, to live in this space, and then, you know, to go to D.C. and represent our community. So how do I do that with my internship? That is not what happens with your internship. But um, she still sent someone to come and talk to me. And so we laughed and talked. And he was like, when you come back from D.C., give me a call. Um, you know, if you still are interested in interning somewhere, you can apply to intern with us. So when I was actually in D.C. wrapping up the internship at the White House, I applied for the D for the internship in her district office. So back home in Oakland um, and I got it. So I was super excited about that. And that went well. Um, when it was over, I went back to school. So I took a semester off from school for the internship in DC, came back, took another semester for this internship, which was great. Also still not paid uh, because we hadn't made this transition yet, right? I think that's important to talk about. I'm so excited that they are paying interns now. If you have the opportunity opportunity to intern, do it. It is definitely at least minimum wage. That is the requirement. So, you know, take the money and you be happy and do the work. Uh, it's worth it. But um, came back, finished that went back to school. When I got to DC, I was a double major and a minor. When I graduated, I was a double major and a triple minor. So I spent a lot of time in the library, a lot of time reading books, a lot of time writing essays. But for me, it was all centered around <laughs> civics education and getting the most out of what I had learned from my internships, which was surrounding a lack of knowledge that people have about how the United States federal government works and what our privileges are and what our rights are as citizens, right? A lot of people right now are talking about voting and voting is very important, but you have more power than just... So my thesis ended up being about being, or being called American in name, but not in practice, and really explored how a lack of civics education prevents United States citizens engaging with the institution for the full benefits that they're supposed to have. And once I wrote that, once I wrote that thesis and I graduated, I was thinking about applying to grad school immediately, and I was like, I need a break. Um, I literally had done undergrad, 
and these internships consistently for all this time. And I was like, I just need a moment um, to breathe. And was like, okay, I need a moment to breathe, but I also need a job. And <laughs> was like, okay, where am I going to apply? What am I going to do? Um, and I think one thing that we all learn is networking, which is important. Um, but mm-hmm. I honestly was just like, let me, you know, go by and visit some people I know and say hi. So I actually showed up um, at a couple of offices I had worked at previously, including the congresswoman's office um, with donuts. And just was like, hey, I just came by to say hi. Um, and <laughs> within 30 minutes of me leaving, mm-hmm. I got a call about there's a job. Are you interested? <laughs> so I was like, yes. Um, but oh, that's, that's amazing. amazing because one, I love my congresswoman. Barbara Lee is absolutely amazing. She does phenomenal work. Shout outs to her. Yes, always, every day. Um, and for me, I'm like, this was a great opportunity because it almost was like everything came full circle. I got the White House internship and the first person I reached out to to talk about what I should be doing was her office. And now I'm in her office, not as an intern, but as a staffer. So I'm able to assist constituents with whatever assistance they need. I'm able to look at policy work and engage with it. I have a clear understanding of like how government functions and being able to kind of actually engage with that at a local level that's still a federal level um, but create that sense of clarity for the community that calls in and participates so that is what I'm doing with my life right now I love it I wouldn't trade it Um, I think there's definitely a lot of work that we all are doing right now around COVID so many of us are working extended hours because of that Um, but it's definitely a labor of love I'm in a labor that we're committed to doing, and it's much easier to do when you work for someone whose values you align with and who actually recognizes the importance of the work that's being done and is doing the work themselves, too. So that's what I loved about the Obama Mm -hmm. administration, and I found that same thing in Congresswoman Lee's office. I love that. I love that. And we're getting ready to wrap up, but I would just like to kind of add my own um, experience to that. I can relate so much to honor that I struggled with getting a job right after college. Um, I literally interviewed for about six months and through a connection through an Ole Miss alum, I ended up landing a job in Houston. This was the only job that I applied for in Houston at the University of Houston working underneath an Ole Miss alum. And it was a great opportunity, but I ultimately knew that I wanted to work in communications due to my love of, of journalism and my degree. And I ended up landing a job at another university, which is a private school, also ranked in the top 20 of our country's a list of universities. And so I'm working there currently. And I think everything, you know, regardless of our experience, everything worked out how it's supposed to be. We're right where we need to be. All of us are doing such great things and are working in our passions and the things that we love. And I think definitely in every interview that I've ever had, they I've always asked about the White House. Like they want to know about it. It definitely opens up a lot of conversations and has allowed for opportunities for me because I don't think without that on my resume that I would have had like the path that I've had 
so far um, without that, you know, and I'm so grateful for, for one, I've met such amazing women and men such as yourself um, and have continued to have those relationships. Like I know the last time I was in DC, Honor and I got together and went to brunch. I know when I was in Oakland, I met up with you, Natasha, and stayed at your place. And uh, Scarlett, you and I are just now reconnecting and we will certainly Definitely. stay in touch and, and be communicating often. So it is has allowed a lot of um, room for networking and, and great relationships throughout the years. And so I am forever grateful for the Obama administration and everything that it has allowed um, to happen in my life and also this country. Like a lot of great initiatives have happened and um one of the biggest thing I know one of my favorite moments from interning was traveling on a trip with the White House for an advanced trip to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the president spoke in front of a group of uh, people at a local high school there. They also had the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA team there, also listening to the president. But there was this one person who mentioned that he was a Republican originally. And when Obama came up with the Obamacare Act, he uh, started to become a supporter because this um, the act actually allowed for people with pre-existing health conditions to be able to have health insurance. And so this was such an impactful experience for me because I was on the trip, like helping with the press and making sure that all the security sweeps were done on time and that press dropped off their equipment in time enough for um, the Secret Service to do their security sweep. So it's just knowing what I know now of how we receive receive the news of the president's in another country or uh, the president's doing this or the president got a correspondence from someone It's really transitioned like my, the way that I think of government and in what the um, executive office does. And so I, I definitely have a huge appreciation for the White House and the presidency because of this internship. Um, and I want to also so say thank you to you three ladies for joining me. You guys are my first guest on my podcast. And I know that this is a very special um, episode because it's something that is important. Everyone needs to go out and vote now more than ever. So I thank you for your time, your your words. I have enjoyed listening to you guys and catching well, thank up. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thanks for having Thank us. Thank you Alana. for having us. This was a really great. Y'all have brought back so many great memories. Thank you. Thank you so very much to everyone who stuck around to the end of this episode. I really appreciate you listening. And if you will, please share this episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to me either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And also, you can follow me on Instagram at Own Woman or Elena Narcissus. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye-bye.